All right, everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Locker. This is my second Corona recording. Uh, thought I was going to take a break, and I'm like, why would I take a break? Uh, so last week, I had my Aunt Gordon uh, TikTok uh, phenomenon, so to speak, on. And now I have another creative, and I love, love interviewing creatives because, you know, uh, my guess is probably going to tell you the creative life can be a lonely life, especially if you're it not is. surrounded by a lot. But why don't you introduce yourself and tell us uh, who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Thank you so much for for having me on. My name is Eric Didier, Chief Creative Officer of Urban Misfit Ventures. We also are known more appropriately on the internet as MK Misfits. We do you know, media agency work, events, private events, you know, fun video stuff that we really, really want to do at the end of the day, which is, is cool. We get to create our, flex our creative muscles, so to speak, and you know, come up with wild off the wall ideas. And so far it's been pretty successful. Absolutely. So let's, I, I think the first thing that comes to mind is when I go, for example, to your LinkedIn, and I know you're everywhere, but I see chief creative officer. Okay. So my audience usually tailors to transitioning service members and veteran entrepreneurs, but it's really encompasses everybody. So like, what is a chief creative officer for people who are not familiar with that? And they're used to the CFO, COO, you know, that kind of a C-suite executives. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something that for us, you know, we're taking very, I don't want to say case by case, but it isn't, I can't Google chief creative officer and say that that's exactly what my duties align with just because we are a smaller company. We're still, you know, within that first five years. So we're learning as we go, obviously now with the virus going on, things are changing, ever evolving. So, you know, for me, a lot of it is day to day, just overseeing a lot of the creative projects, making sure that everything is going out on time. Everything's looking good. QCing things, helping, you know, helping shoot if we need extra hands on set, helping edit if we need the extra hands on editing. Um, from a personal side, I do a lot of work with the company on the brand accelerator program. That's kind of my area of expertise, so to speak, just because I am on social media as much as I am and familiar with LinkedIn and other platforms. So a lot of my time is focused on filming those videos with our clients and editing them as well. And, you know, but whatever needs to be done that day, yeah, call me in. <laughs> so... As a creative, and, and look, like this is me being transparent with you, like I didn't realize I was creative. I don't even know if I'm a creative right now, but I have a podcast. I love to create content. I make a lot of content. I, I do very much uh, things along the lines of what you do. However, mm -hmm. I'm not surrounded by other creatives like you are. So what is that like? Is there ever a dynamic or is it just super like ridiculously amazing ideas coming from the sky all the time? <laughs> Yeah, there's a beacon that's above our office, <laughs> kind of like the bat you know, Batman symbol. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, it's it's cool, actually. It's it's different because we always look back at when we first started, and you know, Q had initially pulled me on to do this project, and then we got Brem on board, and then we got Izzy, and that's the four founders. But what's really cool is Brem and I being the two creatives. When we first started, Brem had a very I don't want to say polarizing, like it's a bad thing, but you know, he had a very polarized creative mind than what I had. And he had very different practices than what I had. And what we started to notice after like a year was that we kind of created one cohesive mold of what that creative vision was. And obviously mm -hmm. we were creating a business. So we had to kind of come up with what that was going to look like. But it was really cool seeing Brema, who works in his own way very much so, and me, who has my own way of doing things very much. You know, I'm lots of content, short and sweet. Let's get it out. Let's get a lot of it out. Brema's very much like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it until I'm happy with it. And that's when it's going to go out. So mm -hmm. it's, it was really cool to see different editing styles, different shooting styles, how much we learned from one another. And, yeah. you know, it's, it was really cool to do that. And obviously, you know, we are a company, so we have 
CEO, you know, somebody that does finance, we have these roles, but when we're all sitting around the same table, everybody's input is just as valuable no matter what position they're in. And I think that's really what's what people easily forget to think about is just how important it is to get ideas from people that maybe don't work behind an editing computer all day. I could not agree more. You need a fresh set of eyes on it. Uh, just, just, just to tell you what, how they're going to receive it because you never know, like that's how a lot of people might receive it. So, so let me ask you this, how much pressure is it as a creative to be creative? Constant. Mm -hmm. It's constant and it's a lot, but you know, like you have to think too, it's, it's very easy. I think from a creative standpoint to, to look at what your audience is going to say, but I think it's very easy albeit difficult to maintain when you get into that mode of like I'm putting this out for me because like as a creator you're making it you're literally making the content for other people so it's yes. kind of taboo to be like selfish in that regard because you're like well I'm making it for other people why do I need to make it for me or why should I make it for me but at the same time if you're not enjoying learning challenging from what you're doing then there's never going to be any growth for one but two are they really going to like it long term mm -hmm. So Sarah Dishi, if you know, if you're familiar with her, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's, she's amazing. She, yeah. I saw her speak at VidSummit a while ago and I met her a couple of times and she goes, you know, one for me, one for them. Because mm -hmm. she, she went through this thing where she was just vlogging constantly, constantly, and it just became exhausting. And obviously just there at some point, there's just, this is not fun. So one for me, one right. for them is, is certainly a good approach. So you guys got this company together. Let's, let's go rewind a little bit and how this formed. And by the way, I, I interviewed Jackie Ermes not long ago mm -hmm. and I'm like, and then obviously I know Shay and I'm like, what the hell's going on in Milwaukee where there's like this <laughs> hotbed of fucking creatives, like just yeah. like coming out of the woodworks and doing, I mean, it's just so unsuspecting, but like, how did this right. all happen? Yeah. I mean, I think, tip of the hat no pun intended to cue on a lot of it you know he was kind of the first person that was like look LinkedIn video is a thing he was in between businesses too and he just had already been documenting other platforms and LinkedIn was at the time just the next platform to start trying mm -hmm. and it worked yeah. so I think you know if you look at it I don't, there's no way to tell but and yeah. like it's I'm not trying to make any things Milwaukee is probably the number one LinkedIn video city just mm -hmm. because of you know you've got all of these amazing creators and not only that, but now people that, that we're working with that are also in Milwaukee. So we're kind exactly. of, you know, helping ourselves out <laughs> a little bit in that regard, but it, it's just really cool because, you know, it's, it's Milwaukee, you know, we have nothing, you know, we are Chicago's <laughs> baby child. Who I said, you know, it's just, if you're coming to Milwaukee, you're like, well, why the Chicago is just an hour and a half away. You know, you, nobody really comes to Milwaukee or does anything in Milwaukee. So it's cool to have that little stamp on the map in in the world now especially in a platform like linkedin where it's like people are starting to notice you know there's definitely some attention coming around milwaukee yep. and i think it's it's starting to start to show it's it's i've i've watched it and i've seen it and i'm just like wow this is this is nuts and you know the first thing like you guys have obviously endured success and and are doing better and better as time goes on you know, I feel like there's always an inclination to like, okay, where can I go? Where is, where is all the attention? Where is everything? But I used to live in Austin, Texas, and 
they're obsessed with keeping Austin weird, right? Like it is like a badge of honor to not have and be surrounded by everything, but to make it, you know, special there. Uh, Do you guys ever feel like, okay, like when are we going to LA or are you like, this is it? Like this, not, this is it, but we have a lot to build here. I think it's kind of a a mixture of both. The beautiful thing with being a content agency is that we're not limited to just being in Milwaukee. So we get to travel for for most Mm. of our clients. We've done clients in France. We've done clients in LA. We've done clients in New York. Like we're able to to simply take a plane and, you know, go do these things. So it's, it's beneficial, I think, for us. And obviously Milwaukee has its pros and cons, but it's a very nice community and it's a small community. Everybody kind of knows everybody. So we're able to really hone in on helping out the local side and in helping Milwaukee grow while also still being able to help the business grow by doing all of these other, you know, clients outside of the city as well. For sure. So I want to talk about video. Uh, I'm obsessed with video and just a really quick background. It's so impolite to talk about myself on the podcast, but look <laughs> really quick. I was, a Marine. Yeah, I was a Marine <laughs> for 17 years. I retired. I worked at a big retailer that you get all your stuff from. Didn't like that at all for two years. I quit, became an entrepreneur. I thought I was going to do photography ended up being like, this is, uh, I feel like you need to get struck by lightning in order to really pop in photography. So I'm like, let me start making videos, you know, of, of businesses in this small town I was living in while I was living with my in-laws. I was like, okay. But then I got in touch with some people at VaynerMedia and, and I, Claude Silver, the chief art officer over there, yep. she was like literally my first client and we, we made a bunch of content. And then I realized like, I'm just asking her stupid freaking questions about millennials and the workplace. Like then we just really started talking and then it started to pop. So what is your take on the importance of video and how you can actively and consistently tell stories and why does it have so much more power than anything else? I think it's because it takes a whole different approach to a conversation. I, what, what always boggled me and, and, you know, kudos to Milwaukee being so small, but when we sat down with people in meetings, the first thing they would say is, I feel like I already know you because I watch all your videos. And that's something that you just can't get with every medium, you know, a photo like cool, but it's one moment, you know, audio, even sometimes it's like, I I get your personality. I get your, your tone. I get all of this, but you know, I, I can't read your face. I can't do all of these different things, you know? So there's, there's always pros and cons and even video has a sound size, obviously, but there's definitely something to be said about the relationship that you're able to kind of build before having an inbox full of people that want to spend 15 minutes on the phone when really you could essentially do most of that work just by posting videos and, and get people to know you that way a little bit. Oh, I completely agree. So, so then you have a personal branding accelerator and I specialize in personal branding as well. And, and I like to say, I, I just have this ability uh, sometimes when I'm with people, not sometimes this, this is what happens, man. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. like I unwrap them, right? I just want them to just be themselves. Uh, when it comes to personal branding and, and as itself and with video, um, you and I are probably in the same camp, but why do you think people are reluctant and how do you think they can kind of get over some of the, the fears they have associated with maybe coming across as indulgent or narcissistic? I think a lot of times is people's want, need, desire, whatever you want to call it, to be as perfectly scripted as possible. Yeah. 
you know, they, they, they have the script in their head and they're trying to deliver via, you know, recording a video and whether it's, why am I talking to an inanimate object? What's going on? You know, the fear of the situation that it doesn't come out quite as it's in their head. And then there's doubt. And then there's, well, I don't know if I like how I said this. And I'm not sure if that came across properly. And the first thing we say to everybody is if you mess up, you mess up. If you fumble a word, you fumble a word. If you look on the internet, Gary V fumbles words. Oh yeah. Casey Neistat fumbles words. No creator, unless they are literally going to be reading from a script. And even then who knows, is going to be perfect. And the beautiful thing, especially with LinkedIn, and I, I hate using this as an excuse, but you know, there's copy, right? Like the beautiful thing about LinkedIn is how important the copy is. So if you, if you forget to mention something, I know my problem is the second I hit upload on a YouTube video, <laughs> I watch it back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot like 30 different things to yes. say in this video. Yes. So there's copy, you know, there's other ways that if you forget your cadence or you forget exactly how you want to put something, you can appropriate in the copy. On a LinkedIn specific side, at least. No, I completely agree. So, so I, uh, I like to say, and I'd like your take on this is I like to say, you don't have to work on your personal brand. It's already there. It just needs to be put out. Um, how do you, what do you think of that? And then how do you tell people like to just start, you know, I mean, how do you get them to just, just go? Yeah, I think I totally agree with that, that point. I think what people forget is that they aren't building a brand because 90% of the time it is already built or what people forget to realize is that they are their personal brand. You know, <laughs> it's so easy to, to say, well, I need to become this persona or I need to build this website where it's hashtag whatever, you know, like that's, that's part of it, but that isn't it. Yes. What people forget is that the person that you are communicating to the world on these videos is the brand whether you know it or not, whether you say something weird or not, like it's reflected in every video that you post. So I think that's what people forget. And I, I think like just to get started, it's, there's different, like I like to read people first and see like where their, one where their hesitation is because a lot of times it's just like, well, I'm just gonna, it's different for everybody, right? So sometimes I can just set up the camera, hit record, walk away and they can talk and then I can just cut it up. Or sometimes it's even if, you know, whoever is having a conversation, all right, just stand over my shoulder while I'm filming, you know, just capture the conversation. It's, it's different for everybody. So it it's one of those things where you kind of have to, how can we help with the fear? And I think like, it's, it's the understanding that you're not going to get buffed from one workout. You're not going <laughs> to yeah. immediately become healthy by eating one salad, right? So you're not going to make the perfect video, your first video. And I think if the easier it is, for people to kind of grasp that, I think the easier is for people to say, okay, I can release. And then what you run into, and I, I still do this, so I'm not at all bickering at any, anybody that we work with or anybody that I see videos from, but there's a definite on-camera voice from me personally. <laughs> the second I hit record, I'm just like this happy-go-lucky, boom, yeah. here's the information, right at you sort of person. Maybe I'm not, I mean, I'm still all those things when I'm off camera, but there's definitely a, okay, I'm in record mode, you know? Yes. So it's kind of, working with people to kind of help blend who they are in that record mode. Cause most people have it, whether they realize it or not. Yeah. That's, that's funny. I, I was uh, walking around my house cause I haven't uploaded to YouTube in like uh, two weeks and 
uh, I'm like, oh man, I, I've just been focused on LinkedIn and everything else. So I just was making this video and just starting and stopping so I could just kind of not have to chop it up as much. And I listened back and I'm like, dude, who is that guy? Like, <laughs> like, you know, sometimes I feel sometimes like so natural when I'm doing it. And then I'm like, who the hell is that? Like, what is going on right now? But I completely understand. So when it comes to a personal brand, um, I, I really think something that people miss is that it's important to put what you have to offer the world out there. That's my biggest thing. Like you have value to offer, you need to be visible. So use video, but your personal brand is an indirect way and a direct way to drive the business. What's your take on that? I think you, it's, it's something that you can't pull the carriage for the horse. If, if to say like you, you, you have to understand that one drives the other and that they both have to be in cohesion sometimes. Mm. So it's super easy to say, okay, well, I've recorded 60 videos. How come I'm not selling yet? But (laughs) it's, it's, again, it's different with everybody. Like I, I hate to keep saying that, but some people need more time to build that presence. Some people are a very polarizing personality some you know every situation is different some people have been doing what they're trying to sell on linkedin for 30 years and they know their script they know what they do they have their one sheeters they have all this information well then it's what can we talk about to help build that in you know sometimes people have to build out what that is because they're making videos not knowing what that is and then you know let's play with some things on video let's figure out what it is that you really want to do let's build it out as we go and then you're already getting that exposure in the background anyway so it's kind of a case by case thing but i think you know you have to know what it is that you want mm. before you're really able to start doing the selling in most cases yeah no i completely agree so let's talk about your journey a, a little bit um tell tell me about when you really determined that you had this creative muscle that needed to be flexed so to speak and and how did it evolve into collaborating with this amazing group and just blowing up yeah it kind of i don't it's weird because i don't think there was ever like a yeah. snap the fingers moment but what i what i did was i bought a canon t3i most people's first cameras it seems, <laughs> but uh to, to do youtube videos right yep. i didn't know it didn't have video autofocus i didn't know it could i didn't know that it was crap basically you know yeah, like yeah, i had yeah. the football screen i'm like sweet but then i didn't realize all these things that i didn't know so then, you know, I'm making this this push to be this YouTuber in the gaming space. This was when, for those listening, the Machinima was first around, and it was Cnanners, you know, Hutch, all these guys. And I was like, I can be them. I play Call of Duty. Why can't I be them? So I'm trying to do these Call of Duty commentaries and this and that. And I wasn't, you know, I always, I'm I'm not all upset that it didn't work out because I always say there's no way that I would have been mature enough to handle any sort of fame at that time anyway so Mm -hmm. like i'm totally not all upset about that it didn't (laughs) work out but you know it it taught me some things you know how to build a social brand how to consistently be that brand you know i i learned all these lessons just by doing you know if this doesn't work well why i'm not trying to there were times where i would try to be pewdiepie too much or i would try to do all these things and try and like (laughs) be somebody before i was myself and i noticed like it worked for a couple videos but then it started to like okay what's this guy doing you know so there's always that fear and that thing and that so then i'm like well crap this thing takes photos too so i started taking photos nice and not really with any intent just i had the camera not going to do anything else with it let's just start taking photos of things that i had around the house i'm in a gaming 
esports is huge now well yeah. was a little baby then but oh you know, man now so yeah for yeah so i'm like oh let's just start taking pictures and i started to get some traction in the esports space and i always loved it like it wasn't anything that i ever was like i'm buying this camera so this is my future but it was something i was just like i mean i know that i'm a creative person i know that i can't draw so clearly like no actual physical art is happening in my lifetime <laughs> yeah. so let's do it digitally because <laughs> yeah. i can do the digital space so i did and i got some traction there and, and kept building kept building and then eventually well, I was one like, second this is, yeah. one second so what do you mean this is so important when you say you got some traction and, I, and that can mean something different to everybody but like what was that for you like how did you feel like got it like now I'm, I'm no longer on the treadmill like i am literally moving forward i think i noticed that when without intending to get a sponsor for anything i started to post pictures and companies would reach out to me and i hate looking back at it because it was all crap like it wasn't <laughs> good content by any means but that was back in the very early days of like what is influencer marketing so it was yes. something where every company wanted to throw a 10 percent off code at you and give you 10 percent kickback because it was going to help their brand at the time. Yeah. So that was when I really realized that, like I said, I, I'm on the treadmill. And then the, the big one was I was just at home one night, just bored. And I was playing games and I have, I had a Logitech keyboard and a Logitech headset. Yep. And the headset was red and the keyboard was RGB. So I just made it red. And I was thinking like, okay, I'm going to work on, on my composition. Like I'm not really good at taking photos at night. This camera really sucks at night shots. Like, <laughs> let's just see what I can make happen. And I posted it and I'm looking back at it. My desk was all scratched up. Like it yeah. looks like crap, but you know, I, I loved it. At the time. Yeah. And Logitech did too. They sent me a message that night. Like, Hey, we love this photo. We'd love to work together. And that was yeah. when I was like, okay, this <laughs> <Seriously>? is something. <laughs> that is <laughs> this crazy. Is something. But that, that reaffirms your point earlier yeah. about how, you know, when they're, when we're on video or someone's crafting their brand and they, and they try and have it perfect. Like you look at your desk as all messed up and it could have been so much better. It's like, it was very real to them. And it was very relatable to them. And they're like, that's probably a thousand people's desks right now, you right. know? So it probably resonated. So that's really, really awesome. So let me talk then uh, a little bit more. Uh, actually, sorry. So you got that. And then how did things evolve? I think it just snowballed a little bit. You know, I, I, then I got smart and I'm like, okay, well I'm this brand. And you know, I went from YouTube to Twitch to YouTube to Mixer to YouTube to Twitch and you know, all this stuff, but always something like in that general sphere. So I'm like using all these different connections that I'm getting and you know, audiences that I'm getting. And I never wanted to be that person. I was just like throwing sponsorships down people's throats. So it was kind yeah. of one of those things where it was like, you know, is the shaker cup in the background? Am I wearing the hoodie? You know, wait for people to kind of probe and then sell. And, you know, there was times where I would sell too much and I would notice immediately how, you know, much my following and, you know, viewership dipped and then I'd, mm -hmm. you know, stop and then it would come back up and all this stuff. So Interesting. it was definitely a situation of kind of learn as you go. Mm -hmm. um, and then with the company, uh, how did you guys, and I, I've heard the same thing about Q before, actually, yeah, just if you could just, for those who don't know who are listening, when you say Q, can you say who that is and then how he kind of formed this like Avengers right here? <laughs> yeah, so if you've seen a black hat on LinkedIn, that's Q. Just Q <laughs> as he goes by, tag just Q. Yeah, Q's, Q's an awesome guy. Definitely look him up. I'm sure he'll be tagged in 
most of what's going on. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then like, so how did you guys meet? And then how did uh, this happen? The Urban Misfits. For sure. So he had followed me on on Twitter, and I was like, cool, somebody Milwaukee. You know, Twitter was very much like a gaming space for me. So I didn't really know anybody from Milwaukee on social media. I didn't talk to anybody from Milwaukee on social media because I live about you know, 20, 30 minutes north. So I'm not really in the city a lot, yeah. especially at that time. So for me, it was like, well, yeah, cool. You know, somebody local, whatever. And then, you know, we got talking and this and that, and it's like, I really like your work. And there was this networking event that we were both going to. And I'm like, sweet, well, let's chat while we're there. And yeah, you know, I had no idea. I didn't have any thought about what he wanted to talk about, but you know, I was like, sweet, somebody that's interested, that's local. Let's you know, finally somebody that I have that's a friend here yep. sort of thing, not just friends online all the time. So we met at the networking event and talked a little bit, met up a couple of times for coffee after that. And, you know, I'm just absorbing what I can out of him because I know that he's a businessman and this entrepreneur. And that's something that I kind of always in the back of my head wanted to do. But I thought it would be very much like a, I would just make enough money doing Twitch or doing yeah. whatever that that would be what it is. But yep you know, I never knew that there was more in the business side of it. So, you know, we're absorbing off of each other. And eventually he's, you know, got me onto LinkedIn and said, let's just, just start making videos. You know, this is a great platform and I make videos. I'm not afraid to be in front of a camera. So for me, it was kind of slam dunk. Yeah. And he kind of taught me the best practices at the time. And, you know, it was that, and I made one video with him in it and overnight 5,000 views, hundred likes, 50 comments. And I'm just like, this is the first time in, you know, six, seven years of doing social media in one way or another that I'm waking up with stuff to reply to. Yes. Not to say that there was never that before, but it definitely wasn't to the, to the key of a hundred likes and 50 comments yep. and 5,000 views. Like I've yep. never had that overnight hit. And I'm just like, this is interesting. <laughs> so I made one the next day and then the next day. It. And then, you know, 90 days was kind of what I ended up doing. And he was like, I've, told hundreds of people to, to do this and the most i see people do is like two days or a week yep. it's like i've never seen somebody put this much dedication in it i like what you do i think you're creative i have this idea let's do it that's yeah. kind of the story <laughs> that's crazy man I, I i love hearing stories like that because when you talk about you know you guys met and you're at a networking event like there's zero chance you said to yourself i not only am i going to link up and do business with this guy but he seems like the type of person who col- uh, collects the dots and then connects the dots is what I like to mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah. And then here you guys all are and, and you're just doing amazing work, but there's no way you could have predicted that, that you would have been getting some of the things you need and vice versa across the board. So last question in the interest of time is you're on Twitch. You're mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Are you on Instagram? Yep. You're on Twitter. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're everywhere you need to be. How... Does someone listening to this say, how the hell am I supposed to be everywhere all the time? Uh, how do they combat that? I actually really like this question because I, I, I have the answer. Because I was actually, it came to mind, I want to say like yesterday, because I just started now writing on Medium too, right? Nice. So I'm thinking about it and I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm doing all of these things and how do I keep up with everything and how do I organize everything? But what I really came up with is, I'm on all these different platforms because for me, and this doesn't work for everybody, but for me, I like having different ways to express myself. So yes. for me, Twitter is that place where I just put short thoughts or yep. you know something I'm working on just for people to absorb, see, retweet, whatever. Instagram is my place to put 
my photography work mostly. You know, I put videos on there. I do live and creative social media stuff there too. But really that's where I can take a photo, edit it and say, this is the photo I'm proud of here. Look at it or amazing life moment, whatever. Then Twitch is my place to socialize, right? We're mm -hmm. in quarantine right now. So it's a little bit harder to socialize. So Twitch <laughs> for me is that place where I have people that I, I have phone numbers for that I talk to on a regular basis Crazy. from Twitch just over the years, because that's just how I built friends at that time. Yep. You know, YouTube is my place where I can say, okay, I had this really cool creative idea. Let's make it happen. LinkedIn is my place where I can be that, that face, you know, that part of the brand, that part of the business and, yeah. and help grow the company in that regard. Medium is my place where I can take some time, type things out, script, you know, type out a thought, but not just like, okay, I want to record this video and then record the video. I can yeah. think about it. I can organize it. I can make it look pretty, whatever. And then, you know, my wife and I have a podcast. Our company has a podcast. That's a place for me to just talk because I just love, love talking. <laughs> so love. for me, it's kind of like each platform, it seems like it's overwhelming, but each platform allows me to kind of work a little bit differently. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, I think it's really easy to get overwhelmed, but not, no one here, including myself, is saying that you have to do all these. But I think what Eric just explained was like, take your pick, you know, like you might just fall in love with Twitter and TikTok and call it a day. You know, maybe everything about you, the way you write and the way you record is short and sweet and you have no intention of putting long form content on YouTube and you don't want to put any great insightful articles on Medium and you don't want to record any business related videos for LinkedIn and that's fine. But if you have an itch in all those areas, then you already know where to go, which I think is like one of the best things. So thank you very much for that. So Eric, where can we find you and follow you and all that good stuff? I uh, would love to make sure people get in touch. For sure. So my personal at or handle is didslive, D-I-D-S-L-I-V-E, everywhere. That's just everywhere. Um, company is either Urban Misfit Ventures on most platforms or MKE Misfits on like Twitter, like, you know, Instagram, stuff like that. Awesome. Well, best of luck and thanks for taking the time. I know we all have time on our hands, but that doesn't mean you're not busy. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate you taking the time and we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.